Hey there, this is Terry Cowley, weekday breakfast presenter on 1FM Shepparton. Thanks for checking out this podcast. It was recorded live as part of The Brecky Show, which you can catch 6 to 9am Monday to Friday. Now, I think everybody knows that the mozzies are out in force since we've had the floods. We're going to talk to the Manager of Environment at Greater Shepparton City Council. Her name is Sharon Terry to tell us a little bit about what Council is doing to keep the mozzies down and just to basically inform us on what we need to be doing, including in reference to possible Japanese encephalitis vaccines. Good morning, Sharon. Good morning, Terry. Good morning to your listeners. Thanks very much. uh, Thanks for the opportunity. Go on, Sharon. Sorry. I was just going to say thanks for the opportunity to speak to your um, to your listeners today, Terry. Well, it is important, and I think you know mm. we're all we're all noticing the mozzies. We're all probably getting bitten at different times. I was amazed to hear that council has sort of been monitoring and treating the local mosquito population in partnership with the Department of Health since way back in the seventies. Mm, yeah, that's right, Terry. It really started after the nineteen seventy four flood. So the uh, season after that, so 1975, was really where uh, there was a large outbreak, and some of you listeners will recall this. There was a large outbreak of a number of mosquito-borne diseases. Uh, So following on from that, the state determined that we needed to really have um, instigate a regional mosquito monitoring program, and Greater Shep's been involved in that right from the very start. Is this a bit like that? We hear about sentinel chickens. Is it is it a bit like that where, you know, you, you're capturing mosquitoes and they're kind of the canary in the coal mine in terms of diseases? That was an early form of the, of the monitoring program, Terry. So there's a couple of elements to that program. So it's monitoring and surveillance, we call it. So that's where we're really keeping an eye on the mosquito populations and the different species of mosquitoes that are out there and breeding at the time but also what diseases they carry. So in terms of the sentinel chickens that you referred to, that was a technique that was used in the past and that was to identify if there were any diseases around in the, in the mosquito populations that were active at the time. Our trapping program involves setting traps at a number of locations throughout the municipality and there is where there has historically always been mosquito breeding. And that's typically in areas where we have ponds of water that will hold water for a long period of time after rainfall. And there's lots of vegetation around those ponds for mosquitoes to, once they hatch, they come out, they rest, they get active at different times of the day or night, depending on what species they are. So I'll go out and feed. Uh, and then they'll come back when they're not doing that. They, they like to, it's almost like birds roosting in a tree, the mosquitoes roosting vegetation where it's nice and suitable for them. Some of them like it higher up in the vegetation, others like it lower down. Really depends on the species. I really don't like that uh, image of mosquitoes roosting, Sharon. <laughs> well, look, and I don't know that the technical people describe it as that either, Terry. It's just my own, my own terminology. But just that idea of a whole, whole heap of them in a tree just sitting there waiting. <laughs> Probably not a tree, but more around. I mean, we've all seen them around our homes. There'll be nice sheltered areas where they just go to rest when they're not active. When they're not active, so they love they love, they love warm time. ceilings in in places like bathrooms. Yes, they do. They love hanging out under eaves as well. Um, but if you've got ferns around or nice, beautiful gardens around your home, that's another area where they like to hang out as well. So. Uh, yeah, so um, part of our trapping program is we um, we have uh, specifically designed traps 
We use mosquitoes are attracted to carbon dioxide, so um, our breath uh, and animals' breath, and that's what attracts them to us, know that they can come to us to feed. And, of course, only mosquito, female mosquitoes feed on us. They need blood to... Um, to um, move to the next cycle of laying eggs. Males so, is it only the is it only the girls that are biting us? Yeah, it's only oh, the girls. Jeez. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> they are, but they have the important job of of um, of carrying their eggs. So, like all females do. So, they are. So, we have these traps. Uh, they attract the mosquitoes to them. We trap them. So, we put them out one evening, and then we go and collect them the next night. Normally we do that during the normal mosquito season, so around November to April. This year, however, because we had the Japanese encephalitis virus outbreak at the start of this year and we've had the La Nina conditions, the department's asked us to continue on that monitoring program right throughout the whole year. So we've been trapping and monitoring mosquitoes all through this year, right through the winter season, which we don't normally do. Uh, so those, once those traps are collected, we bring them back here, we do some um, identification ourselves and then we send the traps down to Melbourne and, and uh, the Department of Health have an entomology lab and they then do the technical identification of exactly what species they've found and if any of those species are, um, seem to be carrying disease. I was amazed that there's um, 25 species of mosquitoes and there's so many different diseases as well, mm-hmm. isn't there? Yeah, it's it's actually a fascinating area, Kerry. So in Australia, there's around 400 species of mosquitoes. 400? Yeah, oh, my God. Yeah, we, I know. But, and they live in different climates, different environments. So we have such a diverse climatic range and um, uh, topography in Australia that we have, you know, there's no one place that has all those 400. But they all kind of look the same, don't they? They all kind of look the same to me. Yeah, look, and they do, just from uh, with our eye. But when you actually start looking into um, understanding the identification um, elements of mosquitoes, you can actually start picking up different features with each one. Some of them are quite large. Some of them are really small. Some of them have black and white bands. Some of them are very brownish. They actually do vary quite a bit. I just thought, like, that was a baby one and that was a big one, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yep. Look, and I did too, Tara, before I started working in this space. Um, so we do have 26 species locally, but only one of those species is known to carry any of the diseases that are of concern to okay, the Okay, let's see if I health. can say it. Calyx and Eulirostris. So that is pretty good. You know, when you're at the barbecue, you've got to be like, watch out for Calyx and Eulirostris. <laughs> it doesn't roll off the tongue. <laughs> let's just call it Culex A. Yeah, no, that sounds good. Or Annie, perhaps. Oh, cute. No, um, no, I don't want to give it a cute name. Uh, they, so, are, they are not uh, cute. No, fair enough. Uh, so, Terry, that species we normally detect later in the spring-summer season. So it likes it when it's a bit warmer. Uh, and so up to this point, we haven't detected a lot of that species in our traps. Just a Good. very small percentage, yeah. Very so pleased. Right now, um, we're continuing to monitor the, pro- monitor the numbers of mosquitoes out there um, on a weekly basis and, and working with the department. But we expect to see those numbers increase, which we do nearly every year. So none of it, that won't be unexpected. But we... Um, but when we st- 
do start to see those numbers increase, we expect that the state will, um, depending on the amount of disease, if there's any disease that's detected in the community, that will be another trigger for the state to direct us to move to another form of treatment. I'll talk about treatment in a second if you like. Um, That will include uh, fogging. So it's a process called fogging. So you're doing that already? Yep. No, we're not. No, no, no. We haven't uh, started that yet. We've okay. got no trigger to start that process I yet. So what I see. we, in terms of treatment, what we are doing is a process called larviciding. So when mosquitoes lay their eggs into those bodies of water, those eggs develop through a number of stages uh, before they then become adults. We, um, there are, and there's to trigger that response from those from that larvae stage, uh, there is a hormonal response, which is very standard right across all species of animals. Uh, we use a product that's a pallet. It's a pallet that's been approved by the World Health Organization as safe for humans. Uh, and that pallet can, is able... So because of that, the pallet is used in um, areas around the world where um, uh, water is stored in tanks and there's a big mosquito population and some serious concerns around human health. So we don't put them in water tanks, but what we do do is put those um, pallets into ponds of water. Where well, what do you mean? What do you mean pallet? What is it? It's a, it's a, it's a little pallet um, and it uh, contains the hormone. It has a, um, it inhibits the hormone trigger within mm. the mosquito larvae Clever. to develop into, yeah, to develop into an adult. You, you, they may so, be dead in the water, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. So there's no known impact on other species that um, live in those water bodies. Uh, and, uh, and we're really keen to promote the natural predators that live in those water bodies that eat those little larvae as mosquito larvae. So things like dragonflies, for example, mayflies that we see around spring and summer, their larvae prey on mosquito larvae and tadpoles also eat mosquito larvae so we want to maintain that natural balance because they're doing a really important job they're feeding to enhance their own life cycles but they're also keeping the mosquito animals down for us so we have been doing that process for a number of well for a couple of months now actually um and we'll continue to do that as well so that prevents the um development from larvae into adult mosquitoes if we're directed by the state government, we'll then look at doing a fogging program. So that is going to be a targeted localised program. It involves using a product called pyrethrin, which many people will be familiar with. It's in um, fly spray that we use. In it's from uh, daisies, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. It is naturally occurring. It is a toxic chemical, though. That's why it's effective in controlling insects in our households. So we'll be uh, looking to utilise that as that's the product we choose to use here. We want to minimise any impact on the environment and also on our um, beekeepers and their hives out there as well. So the process for utilising that technique is um, it will happen at dawn but prior to the sun rising so, and at times when the breeze is between 3 and 15 kilometres. So a very specific period of time where we would be going out and doing any fogging if we're directed again by the department. We wouldn't just go out and do this and we haven't started yet. And, and where would that um, occur, Sharon? Yeah, it'll happen around areas where we talked about right at the start, Terry, where we know insect um, mosquitoes harbour or environments that harbour mosquitoes, so where the mosquitoes are roosting. 
um, and where there's a breeding site as well. So it'll be tip- it'll be on public land, either council land or uh, crown land, and areas where water has is sitting and has sat for a while, um, and where we know that there are mosquitoes. So we're also looking to target the impact on um, the community. So it'll be areas where the, there might be some interface. It could be um, uh, residential areas are close by, or there could be areas where people are known to congregate. So it's we're running up against time, Sharon. But I need we need to cover yeah. the. Uh, you know, there's lots of different diseases that mosquitoes can yeah. spread, but there's most concern yeah. at the moment, as you you mentioned earlier, Japanese encephalitis. Who should be getting vaccinated against this at the moment? Uh, at the moment, there's some eligibility criteria that's been provided by the state. So there's uh, a number of councils, and Greater Shepparton's one of them, that are eligible for the vaccination. It's for people who live or routinely work in our municipality and that spend significant amount of time outdoors, so four hours or more outdoors, and that's for unavoidable work, education or essential activities. Uh, people who have been directly impacted by the floods, we're also really keen to come forward if they'd like a vaccination as well. Um, and, uh, and people that are involved in uh, outdoor recovery efforts, that's winding down, of course, all live at work in a piggery. Okay. And so they can, where do they go to get this? I, I know that the, the vaccination hub was giving JE jabs, but of course that's closed now. So where do people go? Mm. Yeah, well, council is um, running some clinics. So we've run three so far. We've got another four coming up. Jump onto council's um, website to book, make a booking. And some pharmacies and GPs are also offering. Recommend calling your GP just to make sure that they are offering that um, that that vaccine and I'd also suggest people con, uh, just jump on the GV Health website as well and just check what their availability is if they're still providing so, the vaccine. So you wouldn't advise someone like me who spends most of my time indoors at a computer uh, to get a JE, well I'm, I'm not saying your, it's not your advice, I realise it's the state's advice, but the state's advice at the moment mm. would not would not be that someone like me for example should get a, a JE jab. Yeah, that's right, Terry. Um, really, the vaccination supplies is uh, very limited this year, unfortunately. Um, so we're really trying to target those people who are most at risk of um, of potentially contracting Japanese encephalitis. Fair enough, fair enough. But the key, can I just say, Terry, the key thing is those to avoid getting bitten. So do yeah, everything obviously. you can to avoid getting bitten. I mean, there's obviously all, right. all the normal obvious things, mosquito repellents, et cetera, et cetera. But one important yeah. point is um, removing stagnant water. One cute little point yeah. I saw saw on your press on the press release from council was mm-hmm. empty children's wading pools. Yep, that that's um, mm-hmm. understandable. But keep fish ponds stocked with fish. So if you are going to have those ponds, make sure the fish are there to eat the mosquitoes. Yep, that's a yep, absolutely. <laughs> Makes good sense. All right, thanks so much for your time, Sharon. Really interesting to talk to you. Sharon Terry is the manager of environment at Greater Shepparton City Council. Thank you, Sharon. Thanks, Terry. Have a great day, everyone. SDP Tax has been your trusted local accounting firm and has been proudly helping people just like you across the Goulburn Valley and beyond for over two decades. Are you happy with your accountant? Are you certain that you are receiving maximum tax deductions? Call SDP Tax on 1300 436 829 and start a conversation today. SDP offer a maximum deduction guarantee. That's right, SDP guarantee that they'll find you the greatest deductions possible with no upfront fee charged. What are you waiting for? Call today. There is no business too small. Call 1300 436 829 
or visit www.sdptax.com. One of them sponsor. Are you looking for that perfect but unique Christmas gift for your friends and family? Why not get them an ultrasonic mosquito repeller? In a year where the mosquitoes have taken over, you can give the gift of no mozzies to a loved one. Stock's limited, so order now. Having the family over for Christmas lunch or friends for a New Year's Eve party? Get your house sprayed for mozzies and spiders now so you can enjoy a bug-free party. Spray bookings before Christmas are limited, so call now. Jason's Pest Control, 1-800-599-699. 1FM Sponsor. Daryl here from Aussie Ag Supplies. Just a quick message, re-tractor parts for many brands of tractors. Most of you good listeners know the brands of parts we carry. Over the busy times ahead, if you need new or used tractor parts, call Aussie Ag. Our stocks are large, plus glass doors, etc. Our wrecking stock of tractors is growing along with used tractors and machinery. Call Daryl on 0428 235000. I'll repeat that, 0428 235000. Make your Christmas super special this year with our sponsors Focus Cards and Gifts in the new look Maud Street Mall. A huge range of Christmas gifts including willow tree statuettes, new Woodwick candle scents, bramble bay candles and lots of Kris Kringle ideas in store right now. Make your gifts super special with our great range of wrapping paper gift tags and all the trimmings. There is also a massive range of Christmas cards for all your family, friends and colleagues in store. Get in early for the best selection. Call us on 582 or check us out on Facebook or Instagram. Station sponsor. You're listening to a 1FM podcast.